They always remember November in the SEC. That's definitely true. We're around the league presented by Connor Grading and Landscaping and Breda Pass Management. I'm Dane Young, joined by Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus and the Hall of Fame head coach, Jim Donnan. Brent, I'm going to start with you for our first game this week because if you look at college football playoff rankings, the Georgia-Missouri game is the more highly touted game than Alabama-LSU. Now, programmers don't agree with that. That's fine. Game day is going where it's going. CBS <laughs> is going where it's going. But Missouri at Georgia – Georgia's a 15 and a half point favorite right now at home uh, against the Tigers. Yeah, I think Vegas is very much considering the home field advantage that Georgia's had over the past few years. And also looking at some of the scores and and just date, like some of the data with Missouri, it's like, okay, how do I think about this game? The data says one thing, but you watch on the field and like they have legit players. And I think that's the biggest sort of thing that for me gives this game like I don't feel like overwhelmingly that Georgia's going to handle this game because I think Missouri can score with them. And but the other part for me is what ultimately depends this this game depends on is which QB gets pressured and which one handles it if they do. Uh because I think Missouri blitzes as much if not more than anybody in the SEC. They play a lot of just man, bring the house. They did it a, a year ago in certain situations against Georgia and caused some issues. If they do that, they have you know their corners are good. Rake Straw and Abrams Drain are good. Uh, I think that's what Georgia is going to be a between the numbers heavy team uh, this week. But outside of that, I, I think offensive tackle, both Ernest Green, Xavier Truss, those guys are going to have to step up and play well. But it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a great game. All right, Coach. And he, we talked about it a lot on UGA Sports Live, so I don't know if there's much more to say. Yeah, Missouri brings a lot to the table, but the best thing for George is last year's game because uh, Missouri's got to their attention. I mean, they realize that, uh, you know, you can't just uh, go out there and go through the motions the first half and hope to uh, play in a game like this because Missouri's got so much firepower, and I agree that they can score some points. But uh, secondary-wise, they, they just can't line up and play man against all these receivers George has got, the way they can get mismatches, particularly inside – Using McConkey and Lovett, um, and Lovett certainly knows the DBs there. He's gone against them, and George has been really good about protecting the quarterback all year long. Uh, Thirty-nine and one last forty games uh, at home. I think that's just an unbelievable mountain to, to try to get up for Missouri. But uh, <clears throat> give them credit; they've done a lot better this year than I thought. But uh, we're not Middle Tennessee State, and we're not Memphis. Very true, well, you know, Coach. One other thing, like you mentioned, the Lovett piece. I think with Ladd now healthy and then love it there, Georgia's actually a little bit better prepared to handle and get quick wins if, you know, they just come and pressure and bring a house, do those sort of things. And I think the love it coming to Georgia actually, and then the trade for Theo Weiss, in essence, kind of opened up Missouri's offense a little bit because it allowed Luther Burden to be more in the slot, and that's where he thrives. So Tyke Smith going to be uh, big in this game. Yeah, and, you know, you, you got to remember, too, that uh... – Georgia's not going to forget their 12 stuff just because Bowers is out. I think Lawson Lucky starting to come on. He, he got a lot of good reps in that game. He didn't throw him the ball, but uh, watch out for that. I don't think Missouri has any idea how good that guy is. So, you know, you start focusing on these other people, and uh, we get out there in 12 where we can balance up our running game and they can't get us off the edge. So uh, it, it's just a case that we got to help them out, turn the ball over and make some mistakes. But uh, – if any team in the country is starting to peak now, I think it's the Georgia Bulldogs. 
That game's for the keys of the SEC East out in the West Coach, the nightcap on CBS. Alabama, three-point favorite at home against LSU. That tells you Vegas thinks this is pretty much a neutral field pick I, I don't know if Alabama can slow down LSU. It seems like LSU's offense is about the most high-octane thing in the sport right now. Can Alabama score with LSU? Yeah, they haven't shown the ability to, to really march the ball, but they have made big plays, particularly with Burton and Milrow with his legs. But uh, this this LSU defense is kind of the oddball out in this game. If you look at all the different areas, that's the one place where uh, LSU doesn't match up with, with all the different units. So uh, you're going to get some easier plays with, on with Alabama's uh, offense against that. But Certainly the way Daniels is playing and the, the ability to run the ball now like they're running it and they got such a, a, a ability to avoid the rush and make plays with his feet. Uh, to me, I'm sounding like an old coach. If, if LSU doesn't turn the ball over and making an inordinate amount of penalties, I give him a big shot to win this game because I don't know that Alabama can score uh, the way they can, but if all of a sudden Alabama gets a couple of short fields and gets some scores that they don't have to march the ball, uh, that home field is going to be huge for them. And this is the ultimate who, whose tempo wins out. Does Alabama's tempo and physicality and, and you know, the word that Roddy loves. I always hate when, hate when I go there. But, you know, Alabama, other than against Miss State and then Tennessee, which they got a scoop and score late, they haven't been in the 30s. In any game, like and LSU is likely going to be in the 30s. So can uh, can Alabama score with them is 100 percent true. The like you said, coach LSU's defense, the injuries they lose Makai Wingo and and they're also down a starting corner. A lot of their defensive backs are going to be freshmen. Uh, Wingo is an interior player who plays more snaps than almost any interior player in the SEC. Plays more snaps than anybody that for them the past two seasons and their highest graded defender. So that was a huge uh, loss for them, but. This is going to be a like Jaden Daniels. If you want the Heisman Trophy, this is your game kind of thing, uh, because the passing grade, you know, his passing grade over the past few, we always knew the run element, but his passing grade this season over ninety, highest it's been in his career. Consistency, the deep ball, all that, it's been there. If he has another sort of statement game, he's going to sort of put his name in the forefront of that conversation. I'm curious who's going to make open field tackles and win man coverage here because I think both of these teams, if you let one guy get by you, it can turn into a big play, even if it didn't start out that way. I think that's possible with both of these offenses here. Uh, Brent, yeah, I'm going to go. One more point I want to make just for our fans. Watch how this game's called. Uh, are they going to let those DBs uh, from Alabama jump all over those receivers and hold them up and, you know, the way Alabama coaches, that's just the way they do things. If they if they uh, let Alabama get away with that, uh, even though neighbors, those guys are good, but uh, let's just see how contested these uh, penalties are. And also, Alabama, uh, you know, notoriously the last two years, a lot of penalties. Uh, fortunately, against Tennessee, they didn't have them, but they've had numerous games where they're up 8, 9, 10, 11 penalties, so – they're not good enough to withstand that against a team like LSU. A team where they'll be watching that game closely will have finished playing. That's Ole Miss, Brent. And they're at home, 11 a.m. local time kick, 12 Eastern, 
Ole Miss a three-point favorite at home. This is one of those contender pretender games, right? Like if, if you're legitimately in this West race, you got to win this if you're Ole Miss. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you should you should take care of business here, independent of what's coming up uh, on your schedule uh, the following week. But uh, it, it is an interesting matchup game because of how, how good Texas A&M is, is at stopping the run, and then obviously Ole Miss is very is a very run heavy. We talked last week about can Jackson Dart get through Vandy without getting hit. He took three, three sacks, one QB hit had, and had a couple runs. So he still got hit a little bit in that game because he's going to have to go to the well as a runner uh, over the, over the next two weeks against AM uh, and then uh, against Georgia, but can AM protect Max Johnson? That's always the question with, with them. When you watch, he holds on the ball some a little bit too long, but if he's protected, he's going to make plays clean pocket over 90 passing grade. And if that happens, and they don't get pressure, like this is going to be a dogfight all the way to the end. Yeah, when you look at the tape, uh, this this uh, Texas A&M defense is a sledgehammer. I mean, up front, I mean, they got pro players all across the board, and they just dominate and, and cause lost shortage plays not only on passes but runs. And, and when you're a team that likes to play ahead of the sticks and run RPOs and do the things like um, Ole Miss does, can't afford a lot of that because uh, then all of a sudden you have a tip pass or a, another lost yardage play, and, and they're not just a great team when the other team knows they got to throw the ball. So uh, you got to avoid lost yardage plays. You got to make some plays with your feet if you're Jackson Dart, and you got to break Junkins on some big runs uh, and hopefully get a couple throws over the top. But again, again, A and uh, is not built to catch up, play a lot of. Sp- point offense they, they just haven't done that and they haven't been very good on the road I mean just really bad on the road under Jimbo Fisher and this is kind of a statement game and all of a sudden you lose this one I mean I don't care what the buyout is there's got to be a, a philosophy there what's going to be accepted there because you know you got all these players back and and uh, you playing these close games but it doesn't matter how close they are you're getting the L so I think this is a Kind of one of those games that hey, if AM doesn't win this game, where do they stand? And for Ole Miss, if you win, you're right in the thick of things around the country because what happens if all of a sudden LSU wins against Alabama at night? Now, now you got a big chance to get in the playoffs. So, a lot of different things out there, but uh, I just think AM's got to play like this is this, you know, their backs against the wall, they got to go balls to the wall. That Vegas line is interesting, by the way, Dane. Like that line, like a three-point home favorite against a five-and-three team. Like when you're seven-one, tenth in the first rankings, that's amazing to me. Well, Coach, I had a logistics question for you. Just with this game being an early kick, Ole Miss likely going to be a night game at Georgia. Do you like having the structure, the schedule that way, where you essentially get an extra half day in your preparation for the following week? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of an edge. But at this point, um, everybody knows what their players are capable of. And you cut back in practice and you, you you know, kind of gauge your team's health based on the previous game. And and I think that's just um, the luck of the draw, you know. I mean, sometimes you, you don't get uh, what the other team does as far as the, the time factor. But, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, all of a sudden uh, we win and they win. They might play, put this game on CBS. So. It's, it's just it's definitely a good question that you ask and uh, 
if you're Ole Miss, you're saying, yeah, we got a heck of an advantage. We got this six hours, and if you Kirby Smart, say, well, I don't even know what time they played, so you never know what it is. <laughs> well, these teams know what they're capable of in November, but you might not know what your yard is capable of, and that's what Connor Grading and Landscaping can help you imagine. And They like to say on their website that let's help us bring your vision to life. My problem is I don't always have the right vision because my eye doesn't work that way. Well, Mike Connor and his team, they can come imagine what your yard can be, make your home tailgate as great as possible with some freeze warnings coming into Georgia this week. It's probably a good time to make sure that you have everything buttoned up for winter and then they can get you set for spring as well. ConnorGrading.com is where you go and they've been longtime sponsors of Around the League here from UGASports.com. All right, Coach, Florida and Arkansas here and I know that everything about the records say that Florida is going to win this game. Home game, playing at noon, six-point favorite at home. They're five and three. Arkansas is two and six. But all these one score games that Arkansas has been, I just got to think that the Razorbacks are going to be hanging with the Gators in this game. Yeah, here's the deal. I mean, you've got a new coordinator from the standpoint he's on the staff, but uh, they've talked about they did way too much drop back passing under Enos. And they're, they're, uh, Sam Pittman's got a history being a line coach of uh, trying to, you know, maul people, but their offensive line hadn't been that great. So, you're going against a team that gives up a lot of plays in, in this uh, Florida defense. And uh, that one guy, number one, if they didn't have him, they'd be in trouble. That guy's unbelievable against Georgia. So you got to identify the, the issues and, and make some – let KJ just let him say, look, here's the game plan. Get in the huddle and just like you used to do when Brent was playing up there in West Virginia, playing – uh, and, and recess is, hey, center the ball to me and ad-lib it from there. That's what I do with KJ. I mean, I, all this structure, just let him roll. And then, of course, defensively, they take enough chances that, uh, with the uh, Razorback defense that they maybe can get some lost shortage plays on this Florida Gator team. But Florida at home is like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I mean, they look great at home. I mean, in the swamp, they, you know, beat Tennessee. They look good. It's a tough out for Arkansas, but uh, – uh, just kind of like what I said with A&M, they got to play like this is their last game and take every kind of chance, onside kick, fake punt, do whatever they got to do. Uh, Scott Sinclair, the the, uh, off the uh, special teams coordinator, uh, he's got to get – I mean, I, I think I – don't, I don't know if that's the right name. Scott Sinclair is here, but uh, Scott, whatever his name is, used to coach here. So, uh, I just think Arkansas has got a shot, but – it's not like they're going in with a shotgun. They're kind of going in there with a pistol. <laughs> I will say the bye week was great for them. For, you know, you lost six straight. Like, it, it, be able to regroup and and then just sort of take a step back. You get rid of the, the offensive coordinator, change offensive coordinators, that kind of uh, – I think it's good for them. Uh, and I think there will be a different sort of vibe amongst the team, whether it turns into results or not, who knows. But the interesting thing with Florida – that I think about more at, you know, as we get further from the Georgia game is you think about who really belonged on the field in essence and can match up talent wise uh, for Florida in that game against Georgia coach. You said one, number one, Princely defensive end played really well. 94 sat like, like was solid along the oh. line. The, fre the freshman uh, Trey Wilson, number three outside of that though, that was the biggest thing one rewatch of that game. And one other thing that, like, I know you guys talked about it yesterday, the fourth and one call from 
from from Napier that just more I've gotten away from. I think we've mentioned it, Dane, on, on, on Film Don't Lie, but the more you get away from it, you watch and, and you see the replay and we watch the replay of it again. How important was the quarter exchange, like the review and then the quarter ending and then the time there where coaching points can be made versus it being a fast, quick, quick type decision, quick call that, that Florida made. You know, I think Napier probably thought he was sitting there with pocket Kings uh, and then, you know, the play call and Kirby's like, no, nah, I got pocket aces. Sorry. I got, I got Trump cards on you uh, at any point in time. So it's one of those. You know, we used to have this coach on the sideline and say, Watch the screen, watch the draw, watch the play action, watch, 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 watch. You know, these guys are looking at him like, but, you know, you got that much time over there. You're definitely saying, hey, that they could run the hard count. They could shift on us. They could, you know, so you look, you at least are going over that in the mind with the players of what to watch out and then say, hey, they could do some kind of gimmick thing. And how many yeah. times do you see Smile London lined up on the outside of your defense? And your defense is pressure. I mean, we've got that, but he was out there to contain anything. Good coaching by Schumann and Kirby. I mean, they were ready for it. And, uh, you know, the play had a chance if, if he could have raised his arm because it would probably call defensive holding on on uh, our safety who grabbed the guy a little bit. But uh, it's just uh, – Well, so I think I think it's one of those where the last that last coaching point would be, hey, fellas, look, if they beat us and they get the half-yard fine, they're on the 35. We'll just keep playing defense. Let's just not give up the home run here. Right. Scott Fountain um, was the yes. name of the right. special teams coordinator. I, I was forgetting hey, it. Too. Scott, I get that mixed up, but I was trying to give him a little love. He does a good job. He faked a kick against us when we played out there. So he, he's, he's got a lot of fakes in his toolbox. My surprising stat of the day begins the discussion on Auburn and Vanderbilt. All-time record between these two teams. Auburn 21, Vandy 21, and a tie. So this is really? for the this is for now Auburn's won 13 in a row. Okay. This goes back in history here. But, but still, wow. The winner of this game takes the all-time lead between these two teams. Wow. Amazing. Uh you, you know, Vanderbilt on a real slide here, uh, made a little quarterback change last week playing that big kid, uh, Taylor. Uh, you know, he he can run the ball. I mean, uh, it's gonna be hard to run against this Auburn. You know, when we look back on the Georgia schedule Auburn's defense stacks up pretty well against uh compared to everybody we played and they found a way to throw the ball a little bit against Mississippi State of course everybody does I mean uh 75 80 percent completion rate against them all year I mean they they have a hard time you'd think they'd do better but uh, you know it's one of those games where Auburn's been playing at home so much uh they're going up there and playing in front of about 8,000 people you just don't know what's going to happen uh not, not some cranes any, and some drunk dump trucks. <laughs> yeah, you just don't understand how difficult it is to get your team ready when you when you're looking down the road. You're getting ready to play New Mexico State, and all of a sudden you think you're going to be bowl eligible, and we just got to get these two. So uh, uh, Auburn's a very viable team in the fact that they're well coached and they're starting to get a little push with their passing game. So. Uh, uh, it's a game they should win, but uh, Vanderbilt's capable. You've seen flashes all year of, you know, one series at a time and all, but I just don't see it happening. The rediscovery of the forward pass for the Auburn Tigers. It's the highest graded, pa highest passing grade in a game for them since 2021, Bo Nix against Arkansas. And I think Peyton Thorne's second highest career passing grade. So actual forward pass is probably shocked to Auburn fans 
Uh, over 100 of, yards. I mean, what a goal. Hey, let's pass for 100. I mean, Auburn. you know, most teams do that in the half. But uh, you, you're right. Thorne looked good. And, um, you know, here's the thing. When you got a new program, you're looking for a little juice, man. You're looking for something to say, we can build on this. You know what I mean? And you got a conference win, and, you, and you're saying we play some of these teams tough, and let's just keep on going, get to a bowl game, get all those extra practices, recruit well. You got something to sell as compared to uh, Mississippi State with a new coach. What are, what are they selling right now? A lot of doubt. Uh, hopefully they can turn it around, but that's that's pretty much the combination of that game. One team taking it and going forward, the other teams just trying to defend itself to all the fans and the media. I mentioned November is where games are remembered. Just looking at Auburn, a win against Vandy would be their fifth. Going to Arkansas could be their sixth win, bowl eligible there. Seventh win at home against New Mexico State. If they're a seven-win team with Iron Bowl at home, I'm just at saying home. I've seen crazier things happen in the Iron Bowl. Worse Auburn teams have competed with better Bama teams. Right. You saw no. you got to do is go back to two years ago. I mean, Tank uh, Bixby's not out of bounds there. That game is Auburn's. Yep. So, all right. Uh, last game in the in the league, Brent Kentucky and Mississippi State. I think it's a sneaky for Kentucky. They're road favorites, three and a half point favorites. That's uh, a seven thirty kick over in Starkville, Eastern Time kick, six thirty local. I kind of like State in this game, but uh, man, I don't love a quarterback play for either of these teams. No, I mean State's now going with the the Mike Wright experiment uh, with sort of running and throwing. They have to have this one, I think. To be end up being bowl eligible, if not, I don't. I just don't. I don't see it. But Kentucky fans, I'm sure, were like, "Hey, where has this Devin Leary been? Like, he actually played really well uh, against Tennessee. They just couldn't run the ball at all. Ray Davis, I think, had 40 yards uh, rushing. But uh, and still, we talk about drops all year with Kentucky. They had four four more drops uh, as well. So big time for that. But it's what are you gonna? How are you gonna finish? Like your your goals, your ultimate goals are kind of gone. How do you finish both these teams? Get the bowl eligibility if you're Miss State. Get the back to sort of upper upper two third you know, upper third of the SEC East if you're Kentucky. I, I just coin flip. Come yeah, when you look at that game last week, if you'd have told me or Brent or Dane that, that Leary would pass for 200 yards, much less 370, you'd think they'd win, particularly the way they can run the ball too. But they didn't get anything out of the running game, and they couldn't couldn't play down in distance like they needed to on defense and. Uh, you know, Tennessee made every play when they had to make it, and then the, that field goal was no good. And uh, I just think one thing you can always count on for Tennessee is they're going to lose at Gainesville and they're going to win against uh, Kentucky. I mean, that's just the way it happens. I don't know how it's happened, like 39-3 and three now. But, uh, you know, this this Kentucky team's looking down a, a bad, a bad hole here from the standpoint they've already lost – three games in a row and they got to go down there. And then they still got arc. I go against the Alabama, Alabama. And Louisville. So, uh, I, and, and I just don't know uh, if, if they've got enough within their team morale wise that, uh, and their fan base. I mean, they're looking at it basketball starting. I, I just, <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, I mean, I try to be objective, but they, they certainly got pieces of a good team, but nobody plays at the same time. The running game's good, and then the passing game stinks and vice versa. Their defense can't stop third down. 
uh, kicking game lets them down. Uh, they're just a team that's trying to get some kind of identity that thought they were really good. 5-0, and everybody talking about might be the best team in Kentucky history. And now they're looking at where we're going to get that other W to even go to a bowl game. So I would say probably of, of the whole season, one of the biggest disappointments is Kentucky not only losing these games, but losing them badly. I mean, they, they haven't looked – nearly as good as they did early in the year. Of course, you look at their schedule now, Ball State's two and six, uh, Eastern Kentucky. I mean, they, they really weren't stressed at all. So um, I don't want to pile on it too much. But I, I just feel like Kentucky is like the saddle on an old horse to kind of chap your butt. <laughs> I know the identity of Breda Pest Management, and it is a company that they just – they're award-winning in their service. You're always going to have a great experience if you have them come to your house to be your pest management company. You can trust my word for it, or you can go to the website and just see some of the awards they've been given. Uh, Best of Gwinnett, uh, Top Workplace from the AJC, Bulldog 100. They're all over the place, and just uh, just – some of the greatest uh, distinctions you can have as a company in Northeast Georgia. They're the official pest control of the Georgia Bulldogs. They protect Sanford Stadium, Segment Coliseum, and Foley Field. They can protect your home as well. Make that happen at BredaPest.com. Two more games uh, outside of the league. Coach, I'm starting with you because we've been talking about this for two weeks now. The Battle of the Gamecocks. Rich Rod going over to Columbia and South Carolina in a world of hurt. But I, I think Jacksonville State can hang with them. Yeah, this is not a gimme game here now. I'm telling you now, this Jacksonville State, fortunately we have these games on during the week, and when you've got guy by yourself like me, I, I look forward to watching Jacksonville State and Liberty and those games on Tuesday and Wednesday night. I didn't really watch that Snow Bowl last night, uh, <laughs> all the games there, but I was looking for see if Michigan had anybody scouting uh, anybody. But uh, bottom line is uh, – Rich Rod, and, of course, Brent and I know a lot more about him because coming from West Virginia when he was a small college coach up there, he is a master of the spread offense. He does a good job, but they got a defense that rushes the passer, causes a lot of lost yardage plays, which has been a nemesis for the Gamecocks. Hopefully they can get a W. It looks like the Clemson game now. We're going to be able to watch it on the Cartoon Network when uh, Clemson plays uh, South Carolina. I mean – Wow, four and four. Who would have thought that that game might mean the bowl for either one of them when they played down the stretch? But um, in change defense, they've had a lot of injuries, but they just find a different way every week. Uh, I think for sure the Gamecocks are going to win just which one. What do you think, Brent? <laughs> I think whoever loses should have to ditch the, the mascot. Uh, but I do think, that, like looking ahead, that game against Clemson, I think might be bowl eligible game for each based upon schedules and if South Carolina can beat uh, Kentucky. Interesting about South Carolina, they've given up 30 points to everybody but Georgia. Amazingly. That's, yeah. that's shocking. Well, uh, the, point yeah. sp- the point spreads tell you everything here because Vegas is saying South Carolina is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. The final game we're talking about, Tennessee and UConn, Tennessee a 35-and-a-half-point favorite. There's Vegas telling you. You know, yes. UConn uh, really had a good year last year, made it to a bowl game. Jim Mora, we know – he used to coach the Falcons, UCLA. They got a good background. I think, uh, you know, the euphoria kind of went out the window there after that. They had a lot of close games early, but uh, this will be one of those. Maybe we can see Nico get in there and play a little bit, but uh, get well and all the fans will be juiced up. And uh, big game next week for the 
the balls going out there to Missouri, particularly if Missouri could find a way to upset Georgia. But uh, that's going to be a huge game uh, playing in Columbia. But uh, it, it should be a walk in the park for them, don't you think? Yes, and, and they found – to me, like how they played against Kentucky, that's their recipe. That's their that's who they <laughs> are. Running football team, almost 50 carries in terms of uh, running the ball. Occasion, a few, you know, Milton was, I think, 18 of 20, 18 of 21 with a big play – a couple big plays – uh, sprinkled in, but like Wright was 11 for 120, Samson 17 for 76, like spread it around running the ball. That's their, that's who they are. That's what they have to be moving forward to, I think, stay successful. Taking a peek at that schedule next week, because this week's going to dictate a lot of what matters most next week. Tennessee's at Missouri, as coach said, Ole Miss is at Georgia, and one sneaky one, Florida at LSU. I know that Talent-wise, LSU is much better than them. But that rivalry's had some weird games yeah. in the last five years. Yeah, I mean, Florida away from the swamp, though. I mean, it, it, they would have to get some injections of really good uh, winning theory to do do against this LSU offense. I mean, I I, I really liked what I mean, excuse me, what Florida's trying to do with their defensive structure. I just think they. The players don't know as much about the system as the coaches do, and they, they have a hard time getting lined up sometimes. And uh, they, 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 my goal to them would be cut it back a little bit and don't beat yourself as much as they have as, as what's happened to them. But, hey, a lot of things going to happen this weekend. Uh, it's what's great about college football. We got the rate, ratings out there. And um, just going to have to see what happens on this Michigan sign-stealing deal. My theory is, and somebody says, what's it like? It would be like Dane going on Jeopardy, and the night before, Alex Trebek would tell him, okay, Dane, these are the questions to all the answers. And you go on there, and you just light up that board. You go for 2,000 on Double Jeopardy right across the board, and then let it go for everything on Final Jeopardy. I mean, it, it, I mean, if I was coaching, and, and Brent has coached well, when you know the defense or you know the uh, offensive play coming or if you know if it's run or pass, tremendous advantage. Anybody says it's not, it's smoking some serious weed. <laughs> I 100% agree. Second and that. With that, and I agree, we're going to wrap up here on Around the League from UGSports.com. We'll continue next week. Maybe we'll see if the Big Ten has decided to talk about this. I don't think that's going to be the case. but they probably still way, won't decide to score points, though. Yeah. Play offense. Regardless, we'll talk about the SEC next week here on Around the League from UGA Sports.com.